Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation brought to you by MADAP. I'm your host, Tessa Berg, and today I am joined by Lisa Colantuono, who is the president at AAR Partners. We're going to dive deep into what is keeping CMOs up at night and what changes can we expect? What trends are we going to see in the agency client market as we move into 2023? Lisa, thank you for joining us. Hey, Tessa. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. And we'll try and dig deep as deep as we can. <laughs> and how did I do on the last name? <laughs> hey, not bad. Not bad. You did a good job there. It's uh, not, a, not an easy name. <laughs> no, that's beautiful, though. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your role in AAR Partners. Sure. So I've been at AAR Partners now. It is hard to believe, but I've been here for a little over 21 years. And um, I can see all the gray hair right there staring at me in this video. Oh, so uh, I think I've earned some stripes to say the least. But yeah, I've been at AAR Partners for a little over 21 years now. I've been managing reviews and working with agencies of all sorts, clients of all kinds, uh, from Oh my goodness, from financial to travel and tourism to uh, CPG to healthcare. We don't specialize in anything, but um, we definitely dive deep when we do reviews to help marketers not just find another agency. It's really to find a perfect partnership or as perfect as we can get in terms of marketing challenges that they're looking to resolve and of course segment or sector I should say expertise understanding the target audience so these are these are things that we look at much more than the size of the agency and where they're located and I mean those are important points but um, it's really about compatibility understanding marketing challenges, where the brand is going, innovation, salient creative. I mean, there's a lot that they're looking for. And sometimes they don't even realize what they're looking for. Uh, but it is a two-way street. And that's another big, big, big point to get across that it is a two-way street. Uh, yes, the client calls the review. But the agency also should be given the opportunity or a couple of opportunities to really evaluate the client and their brand and self-eliminate. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to go about this. And especially in the market and the environment we're in now, people need to be very cautious about saying yes or saying no, right? Um, as I say to all agencies, you need to know when to say no. Mm -hmm. And marketers need to know how to evaluate properly in a very full, you know, in a full picture rather than just certain criteria. Everything yeah. counts. Everything. I totally agree. And I'm glad you brought up that point of agencies also need that discipline to say no. Yes. And I feel like in 2022, that criteria may have shifted because so much of the way we work, where we work, how we execute has changed. What have you seen evolve, maybe for better or worse, from Q1 in 2022 to Q4? Well, okay. So it's much easier to say no when things are flying in the door, right? When yeah. opportunities just keep pouring in. Sure. 
I'm sorry, I'm too busy. Can't do it. Sorry. I, you know, I have a, a list a mile long behind me and uh, I, I, I can have my pick of the litter. Well, right now it's easy to say no, but to your point being disciplined, it's much harder to be disciplined when there's less coming in. And, you know, when you're starving, you kind of eat anything, right? That's really what it boils down to. At the beginning of 2022, it was the wildest first quarter I ever witnessed in all my years at AAR. The by far the busiest first quarter ever. And I'll give you an example. I was speaking to, I think, Digiday, one of, one of the trades. And I had given the example of we at AAR pitched 14 accounts that were looking to go into review between, I think it was late December and late February. So over the course of two solid months, 14 accounts we talked to. That's unheard of. Okay, so now I'm going to launch forward a little bit into mm-hmm. mid-August to mid-October, same two-month time frame. We spoke with uh, seven or eight. I believe it was seven. It was half the amount. And that's more reasonable. That's a bit more typical of you know, five, six, seven over the course of a couple of months. But 14 was insane. And so as I said, I never in all these years saw that much frenzy going on in the first quarter of any year. Now, why did that happen? Because go back in time, 2020, year of the pandemic. I mean, obviously it's still trickling around, but with that said, the height of it was 2020, March 2020. We were all deer in a headlight. We didn't know what was going on. You had this sort of up, down, up, down, up, down kind of feeling of, okay, we're good. No, nope, we're not good. Yep, we're good. No, nope, we're not good. And it was stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. And that's how it felt for the rest of 2020. I noticed that by, I think it was around September, it started to just sort of break through. Right? Meaning, okay, we're ready to combust here. So we need to start moving forward. And we started and the uh, opportunities started to climb in terms of reviews and marketers looking for new agencies. Brands couldn't hold back any longer. They needed to move forward. So there was a lot more activity starting to bubble up in September of 2020. And it was going through. And I knew okay, 2021 is going to be a busy year. I just get this feeling. And, and everybody was seeing it. We were all starting to see, you know, there's a nervous tension that is breaking here, right? 2021 was definitely a busy year. And it was a, a steady flow busy. But by the end of it, it was through the roof. The last quarter was crazy busy. And then it just poured into 2022. And there were a lot of marketers at that point that finally had money that wasn't spent, brands that had to move. Yes, we're still dealing with post-pandemic issues, but how do we be innovative about getting our brand out there and staying in the market? And that's very important, right? So 
There was a tremendous push at the beginning of this year that was a spillover from 2021. Then there was a quiet moment in 2022. I would say May-ish, I started to feel that nervous tension again of, oh boy, we're, we're, you know, we went from this like straight up, we plateaued and now we're starting to dip. And I was at Mirren and I was on a panel and I think I was the only consultant to say, take out your umbrellas, right? It's, it's going to rain and not the good rain, right? Not the good rain. This is, we're going through another little storm here, be prepared. And sure enough, it sort of quieted down and dried up for a few months. Now it was summer mm-hmm. and I find myself often saying August is the longest three months of the summer now just takes over right everybody not shuts down but they really do slow down and that's obvious obvious reasons for that right so august is a long three months there's still a revolving door we're still dealing with you know supply chain issues and interruption we are you know dealing with inflation and recession right so a lot of things that's coming at us, right? So there was a, a bit of a slowdown. And then mid-August, it started again. It, it just felt like, okay, we're not, we're not dead. You know, we're, we're back, we're breathing, which was good. And again, we pitched seven, but seven versus 14 in the same two-month span, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So where do you see that we are today? The things that were driving that tension in August, do they still exist? What's the confidence of CMOs heading into 2024? And what are they worried about? What's keeping them up at night? Yeah, well, as we go into 2023 and 2024, (laughs) I I know you said 2024. I I jumped a couple of years. Oh my gosh, am I I losing it? (laughs) No, that's just how long 2022 felt to me. It it does feel like a long year. These, These years are much longer than what they used to be. But anyway, in terms of 2023 and moving forward into it, look, we are certainly navigating a tremendous amount of uncertainty. And that is on the minds of everybody. Forget about market or agency, just a human being, right? We're all living in this crazy world right now where it's a lot of uncertainty and we're trying to navigate that. Now, put on the marketer hat, put on the agency hat, well, how does this affect your brand, whether it's a brand of I don't know, chapstick or, or an agency brand, either way, right? So I just said it, recession, are we in it? Most of us think we are. It's not officially been called, but are we going to call it? And how's that going to affect us? And how long is it going to last? Is it going to be deep? Is it going to be long? Is it going to be shallow? What's going on with that? There's a lot of nervous tension around that. Right? And I think you said it earlier, None of us can see more than two to three months out now. We used to plan for six months, even a year at one point, right? You, somebody will look at you like you had 10 heads if you had you know, said something like that. You can't. Now it's, I'm planning for a month out or two months out, or maybe we finally gotten to three months out. If we go a little further than that and you're in a good spot, maybe a half a year, but it's really not a lot of time in terms of planning. And that's as a, that's a result of recessionary times, 
it's also, again, nothing that you don't know what's going on. Inflation through the roof. Are we raising again? Is the Fed going to raise again? We're, we're reading that they're going to raise points in December again. These are big issues. They're crippling issues. Right? Supply chain is still interrupted. Two years later, we have an ongoing war overseas that, okay, maybe we don't see it every day, but it's certainly affecting us. Mm. Now, um, so custom messaging versus, um, you know, using analytics and insights, all of that is absolutely critical, but that also ties into brand versus demand. Okay. So it's again, going back tighter budgets cause all of us to pull back, right? But we need to focus on the short term. And that's what we were saying before. You can't really look out much further than two, three months. So focusing on the shorter term and capturing the demand by focusing on the brand is going to be critical, absolutely critical. Because I, I have no doubt, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope and pray I'm wrong. I'm not the type to, to like to be wrong, but I hope I'm wrong. But I think. This is going to be one hell of a wild ride, certainly for the first quarter of 2023. So if we go back to for agencies, they need to be flexible. They need to really focus on, hey, here's something we can do for the next two to three months that creates an emotional connection in a one-to-one -one way. And I agree. I think Q1 is going to be kind of wild. I yeah. feel like Every, there's this unspoken stress yeah. that's just the table. Oh, it's spoken. <laughs> you can see it all over yeah. everybody's oh, faces. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like we're still planning or looking and we, we have some, um, I don't know if it's blind, but you know, we're still optimistic. Yeah, yeah like, we are. We are. There is some optimism there. And like I said, I think part of that is the underlying current that there's still strength in our um, if workforce, thankfully. Yeah. So for, and you mentioned something about these strong waves. So if it's emotional connection and personalization, what are the kinds of things you're seeing CMOs and clients ask their team to focus on or prioritize to ride a strong wave or, or maximize where they're spending even just their brain capacity? Yes. And, and I'm, I wrote a note here that I actually don't want to forget to read. And I think this is the perfect time to say it. When, when we get into this kind of situation, right. And where are we spending and how do we, okay. How do we navigate these waters is really the question, right? Um, when we're short-sighted, too short-sighted, we hurt ourselves. Look, there's always tough times in life and there's always tough times in the economy and, and we always get through it in some way, shape or form. But those that are too short-sighted and they completely pull back and they just sort of stick their head in the sand and say, oh, wait until the storm is over and don't spend the dime. Well, I'm going to read this. During a recent, this was a, a, a recent study that was done and I apologize. I don't, I think it was I, IAG, I, I'm going to forget who did it, but it was uh, overseas. This was done, I believe, in London. During a recession, okay, brands that cut all advertising don't recover sales for three to six years. Wow. Think about that. Okay. 
three to six years by cutting all spending. Most don't cut all session. So they went to, okay, what if you cut 50%? Three. Two to three years. Okay. Still longer than the amount cut. Right. And then those that did not cut more or less maintain sales. And the kicker is they came back stronger, right? They recovered immediately. And I'll go to a second study that was done from Harvard Business Review. And Harvard, it was a long, I mean, it was all about recessionary times. They went back in time to all the recessionary times that we've gone through and what did brands, what did brands do and how did they recover and so on and so forth. Well, I'll just cut to the chase. Only 9% of companies came out of a recession mm. stronger than ever. Okay. So what does that, it tells you most of us freak out, pull back, you know, wrap our arms around everything we have and run. Right? And Bob Leibis at the ANA this year, he said it best. He's like, hey, this is the time to define your brand and defend your brand, not mm -hmm. pull back and run. Right. So if there's one message to marketers, it is not to pull back. It is not to hunker down. It is not to just freak out over, okay, and not do anything. No. Okay. Now, nobody's saying spend more in a wild manner, right? Yeah. Nobody's saying just to be ridiculous over your spending, but proceed with caution, of course, but proceed, right? It's almost go into your own finances for a minute. Well, maybe we shouldn't. We, we all shouldn't look at our right. finances at this point in time. But if you, if you talk to a financial analyst or, or advisor or what have you, what do they typically say during these times? Invest, 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 right? If I go listen to Charles Mizrahi, this man is all over the place saying, pour your money in, pour your money in, pour your money in. This is the time to do it right now. In over a hundred years, we have never seen something like this. When we come out of it, those that do will skyrocket their wealth. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same analogy. It's the, it's the same idea, right? So it is time to define and differentiate and not cut all your budgets and freak out. So when we say it's time to define and differentiate and not cut back spending, the spending though, is it evolving? Is it coming out of less personalized, maybe blasting media messages, tactics, and going towards brand? And, and what does investing in brand look like? Yeah. So yes, I think it is all about that. It's investing in the brand, right? So building brand advocates, building brand equity, uh, building the brand DNA, because well, think about it this way. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you have a lot less competition, which is even better, right? We're, we're all struggling with cracking through the clutter and trying to break through and, you know, what, what's my um, competitor doing and uh, share of spend and they have a bigger budget than me. Well, here's your opportunity. Stop complaining and move forward and invest in the brand. To your point, invest in the brand itself. Brand versus demand. Right now it is about building that brand, building the DNA, building the advocacy, building the equity, 
and then yes, <clears throat> the demand will come when the time is right. And quite frankly, I, not, mm -hmm. not restaurants per se, but QSR is somewhat bulletproof. Um, what happens in the restaurant sector is you have, you know, the premium dining dropping to CDR and the CDR dropping to QSR. So everybody yeah. drops down or wrong, right? But <clears throat> there are certain sectors that are somewhat recessionary proof. All right. Now, we're still traveling more than ever, which is interesting. So we're still spending, right? which is why this, you know, the inflation keeps going up, right? We're trying to stop the spend, right? We're still spending. And, and that, well, we all know that's part and parcel to being locked up for a while, right? So now everybody's just, I just got to get out. I just got to get out. I got to go. And so it's critical to invest in the brands and to build that advocacy and to build those relationships and make them stronger than ever. And part of that is innovation. Okay. What do marketers want from agencies? Right? Yes, they want salient creative. We, we know that. And, and it's funny, after all these years of doing reviews and thinking about well, what do marketers want and you know putting it under a microscope and trying to overanalyze it. Well, do they want this kind of thing? They want these KPIs? Do they want this kind of thinking? Do they want this kind of an agency there? You know what they want? Creative that works. I, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Let's just cut to the chase, cut the crap and get to the point. They want creative that works. Now, with that said, they need innovative thinking. And innovation has been beaten to mm -hmm. a pulp. What does innovation mean? Innovation in terms of, yes, creative, right? And reaching uh, consumers in new ways when it comes especially to the fragmented media world and who's evolving data and pull it in and, and mix it in with the fragmented media. Media is just getting more and more and more and more and more, as we know, right? Creating consumer experiences in digital channels that is innovation how do you create those experiences for consumers so that they do feel like they're engaged and they do feel like they're part of that brand and they do feel like they're making an impact and they do feel like they're part of the brand purpose this is all part and parcel to the times we're living in also right post pandemic e-commerce has just exploded as we know. Well, how are we to be more innovative with that? And most of all, how are we to be more innovative with revenue, right? Driving revenue is what it's all about in the end. As one of my past clients in healthcare once said, I don't know, a year or two ago, I need help with figuring out new revenue streams. Oh, hello. You know, it's not just about the creative and brand messaging. Mm -hmm. It's also about helping them with operations. Okay. And that's another key point. Marketers are looking for agencies quite often, and they should look for agencies that not only have a solid, solid understanding of the category and their marketing challenges and their c consumer and, you know, so on and so forth, but mm -hmm. also the operations of the business. I'll go back 
a, a while back. I can't remember how long ago it was now, but we did a, a review for American Airlines. And American Airlines was tearing their hair out of their heads. <clears throat> and they didn't know which direction to go. There's somebody on the team. In fact, the agency that ended up not prevailing originally won. And then over the weekend, they lost. And it was this constant battle back and forth between these two. Uh, and it came down to a couple of team members saying, we need the agency that not only has great creative, but, and, and strategy, of course, but mm -hmm. understands the operations of the business, of the airline business. And that's very true. And I've seen pattern sustain over the years. And so agencies or marketers that are selecting agents, those that typically have a great or, or, or a greater relationship with a greater return on the investment are those agencies that have all of the things that they're looking for from an agency, of course, but also take it a step mm -hmm. further and are solving business problems. They understand their business. They understand the operations. Marketing is just one sliver of the pie, or I should say a lot of other pieces to the pie, right? And the agencies that understand more of those pieces are the agencies that really do very, very well and have very successful relationships with marketers and vice versa. Yeah. I like the examples that you gave translate whether you're a marketer at an agency or a marketer on the client side. And it's all right. about how are right. you building authentic relationships today that are a deeper understanding of how your customer works, whether your customer is a consumer or your customer is a client or you're in B2B and that customer is another business. And the more right. our brand can reflect that in an authentic manner and and we do what our brand says it's going to do. Because I think that sometimes when things are going really well, we get very caught up in the data. Hey, this tactic is working. Hey, I'm getting a lot of results here. And now to your point, if you look at who are your advocates, how can you look at your existing customer data and say, how do I better serve them? Because we're in this uncertain time and what else how do we operationalize? Operate, oh, now I'm going to mess up words. Yeah, operationalize. I can say that word. I can't say personalization <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But I, re I really like that because it's really, look, this is a unique situation and it's the time to have some bigger thinking and not be so production and just like what's right in front of me. Um, that bigger picture. Absolutely. And then oh, again, over the decade, we've gone from this brand forward messaging to then we coined the term tradigital at some point. Mm -hmm. Then we shifted into performance first and performance. I need a performance-based agency. If I if I heard that, oh, yeah. I, if I, had a, I had a nickel for every time I heard that one. That was that I would have been done. Um, you know, I need a performance-based agency. I would always joke with marketers going, well, um, if they don't perform, you usually fire them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure what you mean by that. I, obviously I got it, right. but you know, performance first agency. Then it got into this past year, the light switch flipped 
I think it was January 1st, literally. And I heard nothing but, well, I need a digital forward agency, but, 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 but they must understand brands. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that brand thing is coming back, right? So we went from that just conversion at the bottom of the funnel back up to that mid and, and even maybe to the top. It's all about the brand now, or, or I should say brand was coming back at full, full force. And now you want to know what I'm here recently, right. most recently in the past two weeks, Tessa, I almost fell over, right? I'm talking to two new prospective clients and both of them said almost word for word. So I need a, I'm looking for an AOR, but I need an agency that's brand first, performance second. Wow, we just came full circle yep. in the past 15 years or so, right? 20 years, whatever it is, right? I just started laughing. He goes, what are you laughing at? I go, nothing. I said nothing. We just came full circle. The one thing I like about that, it's the recognition that there is not a silver bullet. Sometimes, you know, it's hard when no. people get down, like, I just need this thing. And I think, you know, with all the data we have now, one thing we're very certain of there are no silver bullets. There's no one no. thing. It, no. it is that combination. No. And are you serving the customer where they're at? Because again, I'm just thinking back to this last year of when people really want to focus on just conversion, just bottom of the funnel. But the people who are early in the journey, the people who are in the middle of the journey, are they at the bottom of the funnel or are you just marketing people who are going to buy as they're walking in the door? Right. Well, that, that's just transactional, mm -hmm. okay, versus what we were saying at the beginning, building brand relationship, okay? Brand versus demand. Are we just worried about the transaction and cha-ching and then out the door they go and there's no relationship? See, that's that we've, we've been there for a while. Yep. And, and yes, look, look at the times that we were in. Mm -hmm. the, the, the economy was booming. The, the market was crazy. We, we were in... We almost felt invincible. Mm -hmm. Now somebody let the air out of the tire and here we are again. Right? it's like, oh crap. Now I got to build relationships again, right? Well, you always should have been building relationships. It's, it's, it's so brutally important, right? Because it really is about trust and commitment. It really is about um, making safe decisions, but making safe decisions built on trust, mm -hmm. right? Built on a relationship. And think about yourself in the world. Do you go ask some stranger? No, I mean, you might, but typically you have your circle of trust. I feel like that movie. <laughs> what was that movie? <laughs> um, you know, you have your circle, the, the, the Fockers, meet the Fockers. Yeah, it's you have your trust. <laughs> right, right. You have your circle of trust and that's that's what you go with, right? So. It's the same thing here when it comes to brand building, you know, brands purpose. In fact, I have a podcast called On Purpose, and it's all about what are agencies doing on purpose in order to create purposeful, meaningful brand relationships. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about in the end. Yep. And, if you, and if you don't have that, well, you're going to be kind of on the outside looking in. Yep. I feel like this podcast episode would be perfect for any marketers who are thinking of doing like an end of the year retreat to inspire their team and get them thinking. 
because 2022 yes. has been hard and it's it's been a roller coaster. Um, it has been. And I think that right now we might all just be feeling the stress and tension. And this conversation has been really refreshing that you, you can take a step back. And I've, I think building relationships is motivating. It's beautiful. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. It's you taking what you do every day at work and sharing it with those who need it and where they need it. So I've, I've been refreshed by this conversation. I think. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, look, you know, it really is about building your relationships and sharing. Okay. That's part of building your relationships, sharing, sharing your vision. I also hear from the agency side who's griping about the marketers and well, they're not the greatest business partners. And I go, well, why not? You know, what, Actually, what makes a better client? What makes a better marketer when they're working with an agency so that everybody's pushing forward for the betterment of the brand? Well, it is about shared visions. It is about giving feedback and giving proper feedback, offering solutions as part of that feedback, being simple, simplicity, right? When you do all of those things and being dedicated, right? Because that's one of the things that worries agencies that I know of when it comes to working with marketers is, are they dedicated? Are they really going to move forward? Are they going to give me the feedback? Are they going to give me the rope to do what we need to do? Are they going to be involved and not just, okay, good luck. You know, I don't know. Most marketers don't do that. But at the same time, there needs to be constant communication and commitment. Constant. And I'll give you I'll give you an example right now, right now, I'm, we're finishing off a review. I won't name names. I won't name categories. I can't let this cat out of the bag, but the agency called yesterday. So we sent three emails and they, they haven't responded. They just went dark. I go, okay, take a breath. I can tell you that they are in hell right now with certain regulations that they have to cover off. He said, they can't even see straight. There's only a few guys on the team. Give them a break. You know, keep following up gently. Just, just keep bubbling it to the top. I know you're crazy. I get it, but I'm just bringing this to the top. Let's, let's find 15 minutes so that I can just touch base with you so we can just keep the ball moving forward. Yes, you know, a relationship is, is giving and taking and, and understanding mm -hmm. and putting yourself in their shoes and trying to figure out what's going on in their world when they can't communicate, right? So that does happen, you know? I mean, communication is certainly vital and important, but sometimes it really is impossible to answer the overflow of the inbox. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it gets absolutely insane, you know? And I, and I hear from agencies who say, well, I send, you know, 82 cadence emails and I never get anything back. I go, why would you? Why, why would you? I love when I get agencies that say, well, I need to bring in a new account. So we're doing all these emails and cadence emails and sending out information. And I go, whoa, 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 hold on. You and let's see, 98,000 other agencies are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, for a long time, I would ask marketers, so how many unsolicited emails a month do you think you get? You want to take a guess? Well, when I was on the client side, I mean, a month was in the hundreds. Try over 1,000 emails a month. 
unsolicited. Okay, that, that was the average number I was getting. Some were a little higher, some were up to 1,500. Yeah. So I was having dinner with a client that I did a review for who I never met. I mean, we just talked on the phone and this was pre-pandemic. <clears throat> so we weren't even on Zoom, right? Heaven forbid we got on Zoom, we would melt, right? It was all about the phone at that point. Okay, so we had a phone relationship. I turned around a review very quickly from AAR Partners. We helped them out. It was a, um, it was in the fitness category. I think it was February. I had said, we live in the same city. Could I at least take you out to dinner? I was like, oh, okay. You know, so we went to dinner and gal that was on his team, him, me. And I bring up the question of, so how many unsolicited emails a month do you think you get? Sorry, his answer was, oh, at least two, 300. I said, nah. And he looks at me, and goes, oh, yeah, definitely, Lisa, I, at least 300, at least 300. I said, no. Now he's like getting a little annoyed because, I, I, of course I do. I said, no, you don't. I said, you easily get a thousand emails a month, unsolicited. He looked at me and he goes, you're on. Oh, Tessa, I wish I bet him money that night, right? <laughs> so to the day, 30 days later, he emailed me. And in my inbox, all it said was 936, you win. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, and, and every agency reaches out thinking they know their pain point. Right. And the marketers that are listening, the, the brand marketers that are listening to this are saying, are probably shaking their heads right now saying, oh yeah, I get every agent. I know your pain points. I know your pain points. And I'll, I'll leave you with this fantastic story, right? So I was at a Forbes CMO conference. This was a little while back. And I happened to sit down with three or four CMOs after a dinner and we were just chit-chatting. And again, I brought up, oh, how many emails you get a month, right? I just was always intrigued by this answer for this question. And all of them were hundreds and hundreds. And, and somebody brought up the fact of, oh yeah, I love when they know my pain point. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I giggled and I said, well, what do you mean? So it was um, Arby's who says, oh yeah, they all know my pain point. This is, they don't know my pain point. My pain point is clean bathrooms. I said, wow, right? I said, yeah, no agency is going to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. Then it was Louisville Slugger who says, you know, the baseball bats, who says, uh, yeah, my pain point, there's this bug eating the tree that I need for the wood to make the baseball bats. Mm -hmm. I started cracking up. I said, you've got to be kidding me, right? And then it was, okay. if you know Mark Hans Richter, who doesn't exactly filter his words and he's fantastic I love him he at the time was at Harley Davidson and it was a brutally snowy winter right he turns to me looks at me I'll clean it up a little he goes my biggest pain problem the effing snow right and I just cracked up as I there's not an agency that would talk about clean bathrooms, bugs on a tree, or the effing snow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you wouldn't. You just wouldn't do it. Yet, 
that brings us full circle back to the beginning of this conversation, which is knowing the full business, knowing the operations, right? So for agency marketers listening to this, it's, it's not just about the Marcom solution, right? The, or, or the, uh, you know, the branding solution. It's, it's the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. And for the marketers listening to this, the brand marketers, it's, yeah, it's, it's about working with an agency that truly understands the brand from the inside out, the purpose of the brand, how to build brand purpose, understanding your business operations, understanding, um, certainly through branding through recessionary times, of course, but being innovative and developing relationships with people, not just consumers. I think that is a great way to end the episode. Lisa, thank you so much for being our guest. This is awesome, awesome material to think about and reflect on as we head into 2023. And if people want to reach out to you and learn more about AAR partners or this conversation, where can they find you? Sure, sure. Um, So you can find me. I'm a big email fan, believe it or not, as much as we were all inundated, but Lisa at AARpartners.com. Notice that we just use my first name and not my last name because nobody can spell it, including myself. Um, Or you can reach me on LinkedIn. Those are the two easiest places. Perfect. Thank you so much. And if you want to hear more episodes of Leader Generation, you can find us also on LinkedIn. We have a Leader Generation showcase page, uh, or you can direct message me. It's Tessa Berg. Berg is B-U-R-G, not as hard as your last name. <laughs> I get some ease in there. Uh, and we will catch up again soon. Thank you. The Leader Generation podcast is brought to you by ModUp a full-service marketing communications agency focused on using the right methods to help clients capitalize on their opportunities. ModOp services for both B2C and B2B markets include brand strategy, advertising, digital marketing, lead generation, and public relations. Through its technology group, ModOp also offers website, e-commerce, and app UX, design, development, and technology stack integration. For more information, visit ModOp.com. Never miss an episode of Leader Generation from ModOp. Find us in all your favorite podcast venues.